This is the Galaxy Wars Podcast with your host, The Grays. Greetings and welcome back to another episode of the Galaxy Wars Podcast with your host, Tom and Jim. And this week, we are entering the Amazon Prime universe by way of Lee Child as we discuss the newest Amazon Prime series, Reacher, a series based off of Lee Child's The Killing Floor and more specifically, the Jack Reacher franchise. Um, this does not star Tom Cruise, although I'm sure sure we will talk about the comparisons of it. We're going to spoil this series. It went eight eight episodes just two weeks ago. The following week, following two days after that, uh, it was renewed for a season two. So let's kind of just let's just dive into the story. Um, according to IMDb, the official synopsis is when a retired military police officer, Jack Reacher, is arrested for a murder he did not commit. He finds himself in the middle of a deadly conspiracy full of dirty cops, shady businessmen and scheming politicians with nothing but his wits he must figure out what is happening in Margrave, Georgia. So that's better than the initial blurb on IMDb that says Jack Reacher was arrested for murder and now the police need his help and it's based on a book. So let's stick with the story in general. Small town city, Georgia, this six foot five drifter shows up, immediately arrested for murder. And then we just see how small town legal justice turns into Mayberry for a while because they just they <laughs> they put him in zip ties because the handcuffs don't fit. He can break the zip ties. What did you think of the story of Reacher? I don't think anybody's getting into this Reacher or, well, technically any Reacher uh, because of the story. I don't. It, it wasn't a. It wasn't like a like a a really original detective story. It was a, it was kind of even a little bit of a slog the first episode, which I think is the episode where they build the story until he starts like really taking fools out. That's when it really starts to get good. So that's what we're waiting for. And that's when it, uh, you know, it really started to grab everybody's attention. Yeah. That first episode was, um, I guess it was like trying to find its voice, even though they're source material. Right. Because like you're seeing yeah. the – they're spending more time on the city of Margrave. Like the, the characters exist, but they're setting up the Margrave environment, the politics, you know, who runs what and how the, the law works. And um, in my mind, it doesn't work. Um, they got – they spent a lot of time talking about – you know, uh, Finley and how, he, how he's this, you know, Harvard graduate, big wig from Boston came down here. They spent a lot of time talking to that. And surprisingly, I thought they were going to go race immediately out the gate with that because small town, Georgia, you know, your, your, your head detective is black. I thought immediately that's where they were going. And I'm glad they didn't. No, I don't feel they like alluded um, to it though. It ever got too ra- yeah, but I, I don't think it ever got too racist, which, is, I, well, it, it may be inherently racist, but not to the point where it's like they're lynching them or anything like that. Um, oh, they were close. Not, 
Yeah. When Finley broke it. And that's when, not to say. When he broke into that uh, prison guard's trailer, the cops beat the shit out of him. And he was in a right, tweed right. suit. Right away, yeah. Yeah, there was no, there was no judge, there was all judgment there. It, there was no questioning, no police work. It was just we need to beat the hell out of this guy. Right, and I mean, you're right. Uh, I feel like that's where that's it left what, off. Like it just stopped there. Roscoe kind of set it straight, yeah. and that was it. I think, yeah, I, I, I think there's systemic racism, but there's not like the blatant like lynching old school racism. Um, in, which I think kind of reflective of the times. I mean, there's blatant racism. I'm not saying there isn't, but, you know, we have to be watchful for the other kind of racism. So I think that's what they relied on. Yeah, and this was a, a story that kind of seemed like it had its formula. You have your buff hero. He goes in town. He, they, they realize he's a genius. He's going to help them. He falls in love with the the only female detective, and then you know all hell breaks loose. But even though you kind of understood the format and the template that Lee Child used, and um, uh, who who developed this, uh, Nick Santora, who okay. who did Scorpion, Prison Break, uh, Punisher with Ray Stevenson, so like he knows okay. he knows this genre very well. Yeah, it seems like it. He was able to tell a story that was cliched a bit, but then still fresh. And I think that that's what I enjoyed about it. Yeah. Because there were moments in the in the series that I didn't expect to happen. The first one being Reacher's brother being killed. Yeah. And that was a surprise. And like you, you don't have to kill his brother to make Reacher want to stay in Margrave. They needed his help, even though they treated him like a prisoner. They needed his help. And he just wanted to find out about the blues uh, musician. Yeah. But then you add into the, the politics of the big company coming into, you know, save the day of this small suffering town. And this is a, a story that a lot of like middle middle America and small town America can kind of relate to. So I think that's why the yeah. viewership was so high on this. If the villain was Walmart in this and Sam Walton was the bad guy. I think this would have been the highest grossing show ever. <laughs> you know what I mean? Where yeah. everybody kind of understood. But I love that they they didn't keep it just in Margrave. They went to New Orleans and they showed how bad that was. They went to Mississippi and how bad it was there. And then into New York. And regardless of wherever Reacher went, there was trouble. It's just like they had people, like a team, tailing this man. And I think that... True. You know, in terms of this series, Amazon did a really well, a really good job at marketing it, where they kept the word Jack out of it to confuse it from Jack right. Ryan. Uh, although I would love to see those two crossover. <laughs> if we can get the Jack universe, I'm absolutely here for it. Were you yeah. Were you surprised by anything? Uh, I was kind of surprised by the fact that like. He continuously gets his way, um, no matter what situations he's in. Yeah. There was no point where, like a a standard hero story, he has to be knocked down a peg. You know what I mean? Like, every hero story has the moment, you know, it's like it rises, 
And then his first initial meeting with somebody is he gets beat up or he gets beat down. Then he has to rise from the ashes. That is every single story that's ever been told. This, there is none of that. He doesn't get beat. Nobody beats Jack Reacher. Yeah. Um, They don't even really... No one is in trouble. No one even slows him down. He gets to do whatever he wants, whatever he wants, to whoever he wants. And um, I don't mind that. I, I think it's kind of courageous they went that way because it does take some of the realism out of a detective story or a police procedural. But uh, I don't care. Like, every now and then, I just want the good guy to win. Yeah. And keep winning. And and um, that, to me, is a, was a pretty big surprise. That, that, that's different than a lot of stuff we've ever seen. Yeah, I didn't need to see him laid up in a hospital for two episodes and then right. Finley and Roscoe trying to you know piece it together. They made Reacher the strongest guy in the room and the smartest guy in the room. And I think right. I think that really worked because you know Alan Richson is somebody who is the face you recognize the face but you don't recognize the name at least for most people. But for us we know him as Hawk from uh, yeah. Titans. I think he was the perfect embodiment of Reacher and what Lee Child was hoping for. Yeah. From height, so- size, At- personality, like yeah. he gave you that. He was he was great as a leading man in this. Absolutely, uh, yeah. Um, yeah, this was written for him. I mean, down to like Lee Child's, you know, six foot five, two hundred fifty pounds, arms like watermelons. I mean, that's how Reacher was described in the books, and you know, always had a problem with Tom Cruise because famously he's, you know, he's four, five eight, four eleven, maybe, but, <laughs> um, but yeah, I I. And I think in some movies, when they build a character up to be immensely smart and then, you know, incredibly strong and all these other things, and they develop these character traits, to make it so they have a real, um, you know, antagonist, they have to have that character... Do something really dumb or ignore something. And and I think that kind of takes away from the story. In Jack Reacher's case, he doesn't do that. Mm-mm. He sees he's smart entire way through and you know, maybe he's a little OP and they make him strong the entire way through. Like he doesn't his his pro stays pro. It never like slips up. And I think I, I like that in his story. Or in his particular story. Yeah, and I, you know, I kind of like that they they led you on like one goose chase where you you thought there was like you thought you had a true villain, but then it like turned into an entire enterprise and it continued to get bigger and bigger and the reveal when Picard was his bad guy. Like I yeah. I got that point when he responded to uh, Roscoe's call so quickly to get to the diner. I was like, that's the moment. And when they're in the hotel and they're like, uh, Picard's asking yeah. Roscoe what's going on. I'm like, here we go. Picard's going to be bad. But like, even knowing that the the mayor who then turned into the the police chief killed Roscoe's mentor or like father like figure, like that added another layer. And then you have you know Jasper playing Fortnite on his computer, and not like they're just showing you like how. <laughs> 
how kind of flawed the system was. And I, I, re- I really like that. And extending the universe for Reacher, like not making this just a one-off, like having Neely in there and just giving the, the flashbacks to how yeah. Reacher was brought up and the military family and just keeping the storyline from the first episode where Reacher's in prison and he's protecting you know that really small feeble guy from becoming a you know from booty bandits and just save, <laughs> saving the day from him i thought that that was smart i i watched this in a day cuz i had covid so i just sat there and watched it it came <laughs> out and honestly i was like this could have been a 10 to 12 episode season and i would have still watched it because i really think they did a good job they kept you guessing right all the way up until the end and that final battle was amazing the payoff for this one like if this is a one-shot story in the reacher universe that final episode was amazing yeah i you know it has to tick a lot of boxes and uh shoot 'em up scenes have to be filmed a certain way they can't we can't go backwards anymore you know pandora's box is open we've seen what fantastic you know john wick Gun battles, you know, showing us what good fight scenes with guns look like. Um, we know what good, uh, you know, fight choreography looks like. We know we can't go backwards on that. We gotta like, and we, you know, like he's a superhero. He's built for it. So, yeah, like they had to knock this out of the park. If once it got past the first episode, and. You know, as soon as he breaks his cuffs, you're like, oh, okay, I see where we're going. And and kind of like it, you ride that wave until the very end. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Like every every episode is better than the last. And, you know, there are twists, there are turns, and, you know, there are really great fight scenes. Yeah. Some of it's predictable, but uh, I'm willing to forgive predictability and, uh, you know, his OP-ness because, you know... Like, I don't know. We all need a hero. Yeah. yeah. Even that, like, that pool scene where he, I thought he, you know, that was a, the biggest mm-hmm. loss he was about to take is when he was in that pool scene. And um, the yeah. cousin of the, of KJ, who, uh, you know, they give you good characters that you like, and then they give you guys, you're like, I really want that guy to die in real life because of how <laughs> bad he is. But I think they really gave you a really good ensemble cast. You know, Alan Richardson. If he is not recasted as He-Man, like drop Kyle Allen, make this guy He-Man. I don't, I don't know what else. Or, or make Kyle Allen Adam and Richardson He-Man. He-Man. Yeah. <laughs> I mean that would make sense. Or, or yeah. you know, I know Will Poulter was already cast as um, Adam Warlock, but my God, like this guy needs to be. Yeah. I know he's DC loyal right now, but he needs to be a Marvel because he is built for right. a superhero. Even bigger than Hulk. Yeah. Um, and he additionally, like, ironically, he played Aquaman in Smallville. Oh, oh Yeah, really? which is, you know, he... I mean, at the time, that made the most sense, probably. Yeah, you know, he had the orange cut-off sleeveless hoodie. So, yeah. you know, Aquaman. And we're going to talk about Aquaman in our next episode when we talk about Peacemaker. But I also thought that they did a really good job of surrounding him, like... Malcolm Goodwin, we know him from My Zombie. Oh yeah, he was great. Like there were moments where you loved him, there were moments that you hated him, but like you were pulling for him the whole time. And, and right. like 
the moment his balls dropped, you knew that that <laughs> that was like you were getting badass Malcolm or Finlay, and I th- I thought yeah. that that was really good, and you know even the the tease up to like everyone thinking his wife left him when in fact his wife died. You know, I thought that that was right. a pretty significant moment in the, the series. Um, Willa Fitzgerald as Roscoe Conklin, she was great, but predictable. Yeah, yeah. well, yeah, she was predictable in the sense that she fell in love. And, you know, we have... In five minutes, though, moon. Tom. She fell in love with five well, minutes. How long, how long, how long would, it, would it take you to fall in love with? With Jack Reacher. Oh, with me? Immediately. Yeah. <laughs> but, like... You're the same height as them, so you can look each other in the eyes. Yeah, and, so. it, you know, it's it's disparaging watching this. My self-esteem watching this was <laughs> on the floor because I was like, he's exactly my height. He's 30 pounds heavier than me. Why can't I have that body? Yeah. And I know why. It's because yeah. I'm lazy well, and yeah. I like Oreos. Well, yeah, sure, say that, but it could also be because, um, you know, you're not a, a movie star and don't have, you know, that could be your only job that you ever have to do is just put on 35 pounds of muscle. Well, if this podcast uh, takes off, that's the first thing I'm doing <laughs> is putting on 35 pounds of muscle. But I, I thought that the... The the ensemble cast that they put around them was really good. Yeah. Now, here's the big question: Was this better than the Tom Cruise Reacher that got two movies that did significantly well? Yes. Well, I'm gonna say yes because uh, I only saw the first okay. one. I did not, and I I didn't like the first one to the point where I had no interest in this because I didn't know they were not related so i wasn't on board with this didn't really care about watching the um the trailer or whatever until i saw alan richardson and i was like oh man he's a they got they like they they made it work and uh that like i gave the first two you know i was like i'll give it two and then i you know i I think i binged it in over you know two days but uh yeah I, i i i didn't I never read the books, and I don't know Tom. Like, I'm not a huge Tom Cruise fan. No. Uh, you know, when he does something right and something good, like the Mission Impossibles, which is an ensemble cast, yeah. but uh, I'll say it. But uh, Jack Reacher wasn't made for Yeah, me. You know, I think Tom Cruise's movies have all grossed a trillion dollars worldwide combined, yeah. which is crazy. Now... I said they did fairly well. Jack Reacher came out in 2012. It made $218 million worldwide. All right. I mean, that's a, that's pretty good for the Tom Cruise, yeah. Lee Childs book. Detective story. Right? Yeah. The second one came out October 26, 2016, and it made $162 million worldwide. Yeah. So, you know, it, it's a bankable project and i guess that might be the tom cruise effect but if yeah. that if well, that reacher went up against this reacher it's absolute game over alan richardson no. crushes him <laughs> well physically sure we all know you know i you know 
he could pray to whatever alien god he he wants to. Tom Cruise is not getting any taller. No, yeah. Xanadu did not if, help him. Yeah, if Xanadu was real, Tom Cruise would be six foot. So no, if if Xanadu um, was real, Tom Cruise would be seven feet. He <laughs> he'd be the first Scientologist in the NBA. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I and when you hear like Lee Child's stories and to Jack Reacher stories, like they're not realistic books, but I've read these books and, you know, I, I read not, not from not Jack Reacher's books. I read these type of books. Like they're all over the place, you know, super cops, super soldiers, stuff like that. Um, you know, unstoppable machines, whatever, like born, born's yeah. like that type of character. Um, born take, takes himself a little bit more seriously than Reacher, but, um, that, that's kind of what I think of when I think of these type of guys. But um, I, 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 Alan Richson makes more sense in this role. And, you know, we've, because of what we do and what we watch mostly, we, we always, like, call out a role that's, like, defined for that person. And um, I think this is kind of defined for Alan Richson. I, you know, Alan Richson was already huge. He was a, you know from Hawk and, and, uh, you know, or, or Titans, he was a big guy, but I don't know if he did extra work for this, but he might've. Yeah. I mean, um, he's been in some pretty bankable franchises. He was in both the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movies. He was Raphael. Um, he was in the hunger games as one of like the, the bigger tributes. Um, and you know, here's a little more discouraging news. He's only six, two. So that makes me mean I had to put 50 pounds of muscle on <laughs> to look like him. So I'm Well, they put him they they must have put it like everybody around him must have been like they must all be pretty short cuz they they make it or however they filmed it. He's still better it, it's still better than Tom Cruise's disputed 58. Oh, oh so. yeah. I mean, Malcolm Goodwin is 58 and a half. Okay. And Willa Fitzgerald, as we played this, did you know their height game? She's five five, so they really did a good job making him mammoth in this yeah. series. And just like, I'm I'm assuming he really did break those zip ties. He, you know, yeah. Just the I think he did he did get bigger in this and leaner, if that's even possible. Uh, than he than yeah, because he, he has to wear that in Titans. He had to wear that that tight ass suit, and you know, we know that like what other people have said about the suits. It's like, you got to bulk up, but a lot of that quote unquote weight is, is carried by the yeah. suit. So, uh, he probably just to take his shirt off constantly and to walk around without that big ass suit on, and you know, be real. He probably had to put some weight on, but yeah. You know. All right. So before we, we break this down to a score, I want to hit you with a fan cast that just popped in my mind for Alan Richson. All right, Sabretooth. Oh, uh, yeah, because I'm looking at his his Rotten Tomatoes, and he's got a little bit of um, he's got a little bit of scruff, and he's squinting. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I see it definitely. I was thinking either Sabretooth or Black Bolt. Hmm. Where you? Uh, Black Bolt wouldn't be too bad either because he does, you know. Not to say he, his talk, you know, 
I think they. Uh, I think they chose to have him talk in a certain way. So, um, like they kind of made him seem like he was on the spectrum a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Um, but you know, it was kind of like his over analytical uh, approach to everything, and kind of his. Um, he was his very black. And, was he was black and white. Yeah, yeah. And there was there was no and gray, get, and social cues were pretty off with him. Right. And, uh, you know, I guess if you are, you don't lose, you know, you're intelligent, but you don't lose. I guess you, you know, you kind of develop that kind of personality. Yeah, I mean, and um, and not to mention, he described himself as a hobo who didn't have a family, (laughs) didn't have a wife. It seems like the only person that they had, which could set, set up season two, is Neely. I feel like maybe that can go into, like the next storyline of Jack Reacher right. season two. And unfortunately or, I think it could be Neely dies and he has to go and find Neely's killer. Yeah, maybe. Cause as of right now, we've only met her and, you know, from his team or whatever team he's on at any time. Yeah. And what were they called? The, um, they say it. I can't remember. Don't fuck with whatever their team or their squad was, was called, but, so it could, yeah, we could see a, you know, he has to find more of his squad or something like that. Yeah, it's like it turns into Taken. You know, members of his squad are being taken yeah. across the world, and him and Roscoe reunite to go find Safe Neely. <laughs> I mean, honestly, I, I'd be down for it. Yeah, I would absolutely be down for it. And uh, you know, I'm also here for uh, John Wick, Jack Reacher. Um, Jack Ryan, you know, John McClane. I'm ready for all of them to have a showdown, like Celebrity Deathmatch. Yeah. Um, and one, <laughs> one last thing to make Jack, uh, make Alan Richkin a little bit better than you and I. He's a singer-songwriter. Oh. So, of course he is. Yeah, of co- right, of course. You know, why couldn't we but have gotten... he's from North Dakota. He's from North Dakota, so it's going to be country. And, and, you know, yeah, I like it. It really doesn't count. I'm here for it. Right. I'm here for country. Of course you are. Oh, yeah, you know. Uh, so, last but not least, I need a rating on this series. One to ten. What do you give it? Uh, I will give it one to ten. I feel like I've always been over generous with these points, but um, I don't know. I'm going to go 7.5. Okay. I'm about There's, a... Yeah, 7.5. I'm about a point and some more ahead of you. I'm like an 88. Okay. Yeah. Uh, uh, you know what? I, I'll, I'll change mine to eight because I, I do think it's in that realm. And I, 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 you know, I think it's incredibly bingeable. Yeah. Incredibly fun watch. Absolutely. Uh, they pulled it together. So there's some, there's some holes, but that's worth fixing. Um, if you watch, yeah. if you're a fan of uh, everything, we uh, things we do in the show. What's uh, what we do in the shadows, you know? Oh, yeah. Guillermo's in it, so that's also yeah. a great moment, um, and he's fantastic. Um, I'm in the process of buying a Savannah Bananas T-shirt. <laughs> um, I follow them on all social medias. They're the most ridiculous minor league baseball team ever. Season <laughs> season two's coming out. We don't know when, but we do know this is Amazon, yeah. and they take forever to put out yeah. season twos unless it's 
The Marvelous Miss Maisel, which just got canceled, and The Boys. <laughs> so I yeah, well, even The Boys is taking forever, but you know, yeah, I don't. Well, they got a, They have these streaming services. You know, they have an animated series coming out March third. Yeah, I know about that. It's and like Aquafina's directing, Garth Ennis is directing, so I can't wait for that. Oh, right. But the shows that we've watched, you know, you think about Upload, that just got a conf- uh, confirmed second season date you got carnival row we don't know if that's ever going to happen again and it might be you know jack ryan they do a quick turnaround it's about a year and a half so maybe but i think they have they have that probably already they're they're in the like process of writing that because they know they they at least got you know this isn't even written the story's you know sure it's adapted but you know, Jack Ryan's at a point where they know it's a property that they... Cause so they can write ahead and they can, yeah. you know... Who knows? Maybe they did this and they already, they're already they already adapting the next book in the, the Lee Child um, series. But 8 for you, 8.8 for me. Uh, you know, I can't... Yeah, I, I'm going to echo what you said. It's extremely bingeable. Tons of action, tons of drama twists and turns suspense there's a little bit of love in there um and the acting's good it's not what it's not cheesy you know i think they did a really good job at this one so i think amazon has a hit i know they don't care about my opinion but they got my money for eight episodes yeah so we'll get out of here we're gonna get back here with another episode next week we're gonna be three for three so far which is fantastic uh next week we're talking about peacemaker so if you haven't watched Peacemaker on HBO Max, seven episodes, I, you know, spoiler alert, I loved them. So check those out. Follow us on social media, the Galaxy Wars podcast. Here's $20. Buy yourself something nice.